Genesis chapter 20. There's a word in the Old Testament. It doesn't occur in the New, but it's a good word. It's what I want to speak on tonight and study a little bit through the Bible. Look at some men that exemplify this word. That's the word integrity. Integrity, according to the old 1828 dictionary, is wholeness, it's entireness, something that's complete, it's sound, it's not corrupt, it's something, someone that's honest. Integrity sort of includes the whole moral character of somebody. It... Uh, shows someone has a character that's not partly good, but their whole character is one of integrity. And, you know, the reason today that you can't count on people is because people have no integrity. Integrity causes people to do right and causes people to... Be at work on time. Integrity causes people to get up and go to work every day instead of just quitting. Integrity, if, if you have somebody in your life that, that is filled with integrity, you just know you can count on them. That, that's, that sort of sums up what integrity is. And when you can't count on people, you don't, you know, we could say that as as a church, you know, there there are people you can count on in our church. Of course, we're all sinners; we can all let people down. But there are people in our church that we count on. I mean, we they just have the character, the integrity uh, that they're going to be there. And then there are people that you know you don't know. Depends on how the wind blows of what they're going to do or how they're going to live. And, and that's the, the day in which we live, and most people are that way. Most, it's, it's hard to find somebody of, of integrity today. I, I would say this, people change. They change a lot because they have no integrity. They have no center of gravity. And so they can change their beliefs real easy because they don't have the integrity to stick with, with what they've been taught of what the Bible says. And, and, of course, integrity is just really connected with living a life that's lived accordance with the Bible. And uh, what a changing society we have. And, and I don't know about you, I want to have the integrity where not just people can count on me, but I want God to be able to count on my character. And integrity is, is something that, that if... if Someone has integrity, they'll do right even if nobody's watching. You, you know, there's some people that'll do right as long as, as, as long as you have an eye on them. Integrity says, I, I don't care if you see me or, or whoever doesn't see me, this is the way I am, this is the way I'm going to live, this is the way my character is, and it's not influenced by me being under a microscope because I have, I have integrity. This is the way I live my life, and I don't live it just for you or to be seen. This is how I really am on the inside of my character. 
And that's not true about a lot of people. Uh, And um, what we do when nobody sees us is what shows our integrity. Uh, I I would say that someone that is a person of integrity is someone that they're, they're not doing what they do to get something out of it. In other words, their motivation isn't, okay, if I do A, then this is the result. You know, you can see that in living right. If you live right, there are some fruits that come for living right. But someone with integrity is, it doesn't matter if there's any fruits or not, I'm still going to do this. It doesn't matter if I get anything out of this or not. In other words, if I, if I give to the Lord, if He never gives anything back, I'm still going to give to Him because I, I'm not doing it for that purpose. My character tells me to do this. So I'm not just going to do what is beneficial to me. I'm doing what I'm doing because I know it's right and I have the character to do right. And whether I benefit or not, whether my life goes good or bad, or this is who I'm supposed to be before God and my integrity says that I'm to keep that wholly together, unbroken, regardless of circumstances. And so integrity, I want to see three men tonight in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that exemplify integrity, and it speaks of them. And the first one is really a surprise, and that's in Genesis chapter 20. Because if we studied this man, we probably would not even think he belonged to the people of God because he was not an Israelite. And you know, you get in the Old Testament and you get out of the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's not a lot wonderful said about people's families and their their character and their lives. But in Genesis 20, you have you have a different story. It's the first use of this word integrity. So there's a law of first mention in the Bible. If you want to figure out something about a topic, then you go to the first place in the Bible that that is discussed and begin studying it from there. And there are many things about that first mention of something that clues you in on the rest of the story. The first mention of integrity is in Genesis 20, and it doesn't have to do with God's man. And it doesn't have to do with God's family. You know, I grew up in a day where lost people had integrity. Lost people. I grew up in a day where, where you know, and, and even, even before my day, where, where a man, it wouldn't matter if he went to church or if he was said he was saved or not, if he gave you, if he shook your hand, if he gave you word, he had, you know, that, that was it. There was the integrity that was behind that. We don't, we don't live in a, in a situation like that anymore. We have to get lawyers and sign papers and, and then sue people and then hope it turns out right and hope we get a judge that has integrity. Because now people in the judicial system don't even have the integrity of character to do what's right. So in Genesis chapter 20, the first man that's talked about having integrity is not even one of God's people. Genesis 20 verse 1, the Bible says, And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country, and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur, and sojourned in Gerar, and Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. Now, that was half true. 
But he told that as a whole truth, not a half truth. Uh, you know, be careful of half truths. You may get the wrong half. In other words, Abraham does not have the integrity to be upfront about who his wife is. I don't know how that would make you, you ladies feel if your husband said that you were his sister instead of his wife. And it's all because Abraham is afraid, of course. And he does this more than one time. But, you know, people with integrity, whether they're fearful of the outcome or not, they're going to tell the truth, they're going to do right. May I say this, Abraham has no integrity in this story. Not only because he said, she is my sister, verse number 2, and Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. I got another problem with Abraham. Now, what kind of man of integrity would let somebody take his wife to his house? Anybody with me? Abraham, the father of the faithful. By faith, Abraham, right? Is that not what the New Testament says? Abraham, which is the father of us all, the one that had the imputed right, God's imputed righteousness. Great man, no character. Not in this chapter. You know, that ought to be a warning sign to all of us. If Abraham can get in such a mess like this, then uh, we're not above getting in a mess. He let this king take his wife. Verse number three. By the way, that rubbed off on his boy. His boy did the same thing. You know, whatever you and I do in moderation, our children are going to do in excess. You ought to think about that. Whatever our faults and problems are, they're just going to be magnified in our children. It ought to be a really good motivation for me to be what God wants me to be. So that I'm not a stumbling block to my son or to my daughter. And so Isaac had the same problem. Let's keep reading. Verse number 3. But God came to Abimelech. Well, that's interesting. God didn't go to Abraham. He goes to Abimelech. Here God's going to reveal himself to a heathen king instead of the one that's going to bring forth uh, his own family. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. God came to this man and said, I'm on, you're, you're dead. You've got another man's wife. Verse number 4, But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she is my sister. And she, now, now, now we've got another problem. And she, even she herself said, he is my brother. She didn't have any integrity either. Sarah went along with this game. It's not just Abraham saying, all right, you just be quiet. and just." She says, yeah, I'm, that's my brother. 
And she goes with the king. She didn't kick and fight and scream and holler and look at her husband and said, why are you going to stop this? She just goes along with it. You know what? She didn't have any integrity either. And the Bible says, God says, well, you're a dead man. And he says, God, they said this. Verse 5, watch this. In the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands, Have I done this? And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart. For I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Boy, this is a great story about how God inserts himself into our lives in ways we don't even know. So he says, God, I I did this in the integrity of my heart. And God said, I know. And by the way, you know, just because your motivation's not wrong doesn't mean you're not doing wrong. You know, Abimelech was doing wrong and he didn't have a clue. Are you listening to me? He has no idea this is another man's wife. And I think you can tell by the story, he's not having her over to his house for dinner. You understand? The whole context of the story is, I haven't touched her yet. And God says, I know you haven't touched her yet. I've kept you back from touching her. I tell you what, you know what I believe? I believe if you'll have integrity, God will keep you from doing things you don't even know you're about to do. How about that? But not if you don't have integrity. Do you know there are things we can get ourselves into that are wicked and sinful? Now, usually, the wicked and sinful things we get ourselves into, we plan out, we we go after, we seek for it because we're sinners. But there are some things you can get into that you you didn't plan on getting into. And God shows with this example, if if you'll have integrity, God can keep you from making a grave error in your life. Because integrity, here's the thing about integrity. It always has the right motive. This man does not have a bad motive. He thinks this woman is free game. I mean, that's what kings do. If you're, if you're a king, you have a lot of wives. That's going to be true about David. That's going to be true about Solomon, let alone a king that's not, that's not even a king in the kingdom of God's sake or the kingdom of heaven's sake. That's just what you do. And so I, 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 had no, I had a right motive. I didn't have a bad motive. He said, sister, she said, she, she came with me. God says, I kept you from doing wrong because you had integrity of heart. Now, let me say this. Just because you don't know you're, you're, you're doing wrong does not mean the judgment train's not coming. Do you see that in this story as well? There's a whole lot of things in this story. Maybe I won't even get to the next two points. Here's a guy that's about to sin, and he doesn't know he's about to sin, but that does not stop God from coming to him and saying, you're a dead man. Is that what he said? Do you know that even if if we sin in ignorance, we're still sinners? 
Do you know God has given us a book to find out what's right and what's wrong? And even if I'm ignorant of what's do you know what I really believe? I believe we have a world that has no idea what sin is. They really don't understand the depravity and the evil of the things that they're involved in. But that doesn't change the coming judgment of God any less. Just because they don't know it's evil does not mean that they're not guilty. So you say, well, what do we do? Well, we, we pray the prayer, Lord, you know, I don't want, to, I don't want sin, sin, sins of ignorance. You know, that's in the Bible. Sins of ignorance. By the way, that's why David's praying. Search me, O God. Know my heart. See if there be some weak way in me. I don't know that I've done anything wrong, but will you show it to me if I've done something wrong and I don't know that I've done something wrong? I wonder how many things we've sinned against God we didn't even know was wrong. You know what I believe? I believe that God's, God's uh, little, little list of sins is probably a little, dif- little bit different than ours. Here's a guy, he has no idea that he's about to sin against God. He has no idea that's even wrong. He has a completely good, uh, uh, he has has a motive that's not bad or evil. And he has integrity in his heart as a heathen king that Abraham and Sarah doesn't have. Mm. I'd say this, if a heathen king can have integrity, then we can have integrity. And usually the things that we sin in aren't things that we don't know is wrong. They're things that we do know are wrong. So uh, the first lesson on integrity is Abimelech. He said, I didn't let you touch her. I withheld thee from sinning against me. What a wonderful story of an example of how God can intervene before somebody messes up not only their own life but someone else's life. Now go to the book of Job. You can't talk about integrity without talking about Job. And what we learn really from all three of these men is that if we don't have good character in bad times, it's because we never had integrity in the first place. Judgment's coming on Abimelech. He's got integrity. Job, you know the story of Job. We'll pick up in chapter 2. Verse number 1, again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? You know, that's, that's always great about God asking questions in the Bible. He knew exactly where Satan was coming from. (laughs) But he's wanting Satan to talk about it. You know the things that God asks us. He knows the answer. He just wants us to talk about it. Satan answered the Lord and said from going to and fro and in, in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And still he holdeth fast his integrity. Although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. 
So Job is a man of integrity and we know that because even when he loses all of his substance, when he loses all of his money, his flocks, his material goods, when he loses all of that wealth, he holds fast to his integrity, which again just shows us his character. He's not the way he is because he is blessed. That was the accusation of Satan. And here's my question. Do we have enough integrity that we are the way we are, not because we are blessed? Do we have enough integrity that if everything went on the skids, we would still be the same people that we are? That's what integrity is. And when you turn up the fire, you really you find out what's in the substance. And I don't know about you, but I want to have integrity to where who I am is not dependent on what happens in my life, but who I am depends upon the integrity of my heart. Job, God says to Satan, he holds fast integrity. And that's that's the next thing I want to tell you about what, what we learn from these stories. God knows if we have integrity or not. He knew that Abimelech had an integrity of heart. He knew that Job had integrity of heart. Even though Satan is up there accusing him, God knows what kind of person Job is. God knows what kind of people we are. And maybe that's why he doesn't let the heat turn up on us more often because we don't have the integrity to stick with it. You say, well, praise God, I don't want the heat. Well, I don't know. You read the last chapter of Job, it it turned out pretty good for him. And people that never go through trials and temptations and problems, sometimes it doesn't turn out very good for them. Are you what you are because God bless you, or are you what you are because you have integrity? In verse number 9 of chapter 2 of Job, Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Now right there it shows you that, you know, I heard always growing up, you know, they'd put all these great preachers in the pulpit and they'd talk about these great missionaries. They said, you know, behind every great man's a great woman. Not with the book of Job. There's a lot of things we heard is, you know, that sounded good but just wasn't true. <laughs> and there's a whole lot of stories like that. What I want to say is that Job had integrity, though, His wife did not. Here's my question to you. Are are you just going to be what God wants you to be because of your husband or because of your wife? Or are you who you are because you have integrity before God, the character to love Him and do right? This This is a great example of what integrity is. This, His wife sounds more like Satan than she does God. And he doesn't go along with it. 
And that shows his integrity. He doesn't say, well, honey, maybe you're right. He says, you're speaking like a foolish woman. That's pretty bold for somebody that's in his condition. I'm saying that integrity does not depend on the condition of other people, even in your own personal family. Are are, are you with me? There are some people that have integrity only so far as their support group around them stays supportive. Integrity says, if I'm on an island by myself, I'm going to be what God wants me to be in my heart regardless. Mm. What a lesson to learn. In chapter 27 of the book of Job. And you know what? God did this to a man. He didn't even have the Holy Ghost living in him. The Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Isn't that in the New Testament? And we've got the Holy Ghost and we can't take one of those little things. If my dog dies, it doesn't have to be all my sheep and all my cattle and all my kids. He didn't have the Holy Ghost to comfort him and say, it's all right. Chapter 27, verse 5, he he gets into it with these friends of his that aren't very good friends. And he says in verse 5, God forbid that I should justify you. Till I die, I will not remove mine integrity from me. What a phrase. Here's a guy that's sick. I got to be honest with you. I can get so sick that it's hard for me to be spiritual. I am not a spiritual person when I'm sick. Now, sometimes I can muster it up for an hour or two. But if, if I have a chronic sickness, this guy has got chronic sickness. He's constantly in pain. Constantly. And he looks at those friends and says, Till I die, I will not remove my integrity from doesn't matter how sick I get. It doesn't matter how bad I hurt. Because the integrity of my heart tells me to stay true to God and to keep trusting Him. Chapter 31 of the book of Job. Job 31. Job 31, he says in verse number 6, Let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know my integrity. I I just don't know too many people that would talk like that, that have a sickness unto death, it seems, and all of your children are dead, and all of your wealth is gone, and uh, your wife is in your face, and all of your friends, and they're all bad friends, telling you uh, that you know that that you're wicked, and all this has happened to you because uh, you're not right with God. And he says, "I'm going to stay true to God. I don't care what happens." That's integrity. It's not just stubbornness. It's it's integrity. I'm not going to change who I am because all of you people are changing. I'm not going to change who I am because popular opinion says that all these things have happened to me because I'm wrong. My integrity tells me, I have to be honest, and my honesty tells me 
I'm trusting God. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to do what's right. This is the lesson from Job. And I've said this before. You can lose everything. The lesson of Job is this. You can lose everything except your integrity. You can lose your family. You can lose your money. You can lose your health. You can lose your friends. You you can afford to lose everything, but you can't afford to lose your integrity. That's the lesson of Job. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. My kids are gone. I still trust God. Only Only a person of integrity can do that. How many times have you seen somebody, they lost a family member, maybe through death, maybe through other circumstances, and they lost all all foundation of who they were because all of this changed around them. The reason that is, there is no integrity. It's like a guy that says, okay, cut a deal with us and you'll get a lighter sentence if you'll just lie. You know that happens every day in our judicial system? If you'll just lie, we'll cut a different deal. Integrity says, I can't do that. I can't put up my hand before God and say I'm going to tell the truth and then lie to cut myself a better deal. I can't do that. I can't change who I am just because you're changing the rules on me. 1 Kings chapter 9, the last person of integrity. God give us people of integrity. Are you who you are because of your blessings? Are you who you are just because of your family? Are you who you are because of your support group? Are you who you are because your life is comfortable? Or are you who you are because your health is pretty good and things going on? Or are you who you are because down deep in your heart, your character is rock solid of who you are before God in your heart and you love Him and you have integrity and the things around you do not define that. Mm. 1 Kings chapter 9. God comes to Solomon. And he says in verse 3, The Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made before me. I have hallowed this house which thou hast built. To put my name there forever, and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked, in integrity of heart, you see that? And in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded thee, and wilt keep my statutes and my judgment, then will I, I will establish the throne of thy kingdom upon Israel forever. He said, he says to Solomon, Solomon, he says, if you will have the integrity that your father had, I will establish your kingdom. Now I know what you're thinking. It's sad that we even have to think about that. If it was in the annals of most history books, that would have never been recorded about David's dastardly deed. Because the, the, the worst things that men do are usually never publicized. But God wanted that in there as an example 
about what sin does to all of our lives. This is what I say about David. I, I know what he did, but I want to tell you something. According to God, this is after he's dead. David was a man who had integrity of heart. And what he did with, listen to me, what he did with Bathsheba was out of character. That's not who he, he was as a person. He sinned. It was great judgment upon his life. But that wasn't really, that wasn't the kind of person that he had always lived. What he did in killing Uriah, he was not, he, he was not a bloodthirsty man. He, he, he was a man, I'm sure, that loved his troops and loved his soul. That was totally out of character. That was a spot in his life where the devil put a lasso around his life. But that really wasn't who that man was. That was the sin he committed that went against everything that he had ever been. It's not, a, it's not just when you read those Psalms, that, that's, not, that's not a poet that's writing something. That's a guy that's living something with God. Probably nobody had a heart like that for God like David. He had integrity. And it didn't matter if Saul was after him. It didn't matter if Absalom. Look, he has a right heart. He sinned, yes, but he had integrity. And this is what I get God saying to Solomon. If you'll have the integrity of your father. You know what that means? You don't get integrity passed down to you. You've got to have your own integrity. Bob Jones Sr. said this way. He says, you can bar brains, but you can't bar character. And that's a great thing to bar brains. He, he, he said, you know, I've made a habit of my life, my whole life. I've gone around and spooned a little cream off the top of every man's brain. That's one of the best quotes I've ever heard in my life. Wrote it down in my Bible when I was a little kid. And, I, and, I, and I've had it ever since. You can bar people's brains. If you're stupid, you can, you can bar somebody else's brains. Amen. I put insulation in my house all day today. And I don't know nothing about that. But you know what it is? I barred somebody else's brain. And it worked out good. I'm a little itchy, but I'm doing all right. <laughs> I have no idea how to do something. You can bar somebody's brains. But you can't bar anybody's character. If you don't have, you've got to get your own character. You have to have your own integrity. You can't live off your mom and dad's heart or character or life. My dad was the most upstanding man of character. And anybody that ever knew him, met him, will tell you that. Doesn't matter if it was in the business world with IBM executives and all their little, little business parties they would have. And my dad sitting there, amen, with a glass of milk so everybody knew he wasn't drinking. At an event he had to go to character but just because he had it doesn't mean i've got it i had to get my own and we have to get our own we have to have integrity of our heart ourselves i just read a few verses about david and we'll be done solomon needed that look at psalm 25 we'll read a few psalms about david's integrity will be done tonight i just want to implore you to think about your integrity you can lose everything but you can't Afford to lose your integrity. And if you don't have character, start building some. It takes a lifetime to build good character. You, you, don't, you don't get it in a day. And by the way, you, you, 
you know, our educational system in America, even if it, homeschool and all that, you can't, you, can't, you can't learn character in a classroom. You have to live character. You can't just put a bunch of facts in a kid's head and he has character. No, he's just got a bunch of facts in his head. He can do reading, writing, whatever. He, he can, you know, give it back to you. He, he can, but he, that doesn't mean he's got any character. You can be smart and have no character. You can, you can even have a good job and have no character. You can even be saved and then go to church and have no character. It takes a lifetime to build good character. Psalm 25, the Bible says, verse 15, David said, Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord. That'll help you. While he's running to the battle and his brothers are making fun of him, his eyes are ever toward the Lord. While he runs out to the, to the Philistine, the big giant of Gath there, runs out to Goliath, and Goliath's making fun of him, says he's going to feed him to the birds. He's ever looking to the Lord. I'd say men of, men of integrity, people of integrity, are people that are ever looking toward the Lord. Their eyes are ever toward him. He shall, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. He was with Saul. He was so many different times. The trouble, watch it, watch it. Verse 17, the troubles of my heart are enlarged. Oh, bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon my affliction and my pain. And forgive all my sins. You see how he's just looking to God all the time? Consider mine enemies, for they are many, and they that help me with cruel hatred. Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Watch it. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. A man with integrity says, God, I'm going to trust you. And if someone is wronging me, I'm going to trust you. That's what integrity does. I'm going to look to you to take care of it. I'm not going to be vengeful. I, I, I'm not going to settle all the scores. No, in my integrity, I'm trusting you and I'm waiting on you. Watch what he says. He says, verse 21, let integrity and uprightness preserve me for I wait on thee. I just want to tell you about David. David had the integrity to wait. The character to wait. Do you know God told him he was going to be a king long before he ever became a king? And that whole time, he had to wait. Somebody else was on the throne. And he had opportunity after opportunity to kill him. And he knew he was supposed to be king, right? You know what he says? I think I'll just wait and trust God. You know why he could do that? He had integrity. He had the character to trust the Lord with his enemies and trust the Lord with his future. Integrity says, I can't wait. Or, excuse me, people with no integrity say, I can't wait. A young person with integrity will wait until they get married to have physical relationship. Integrity tells them to do that. I can wait. Integrity waits for the promotion. Integrity waits on God to judge those that are doing me wrong. 
That, that's the testimony. I wait on the, I'm trusting you. Only someone with integrity can do that. Look at chapter 26, next chapter, verse number 11. But as for me, I will walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be merciful unto me. He says, I'll walk in my integrity. Oh, I looked at the New Testament. There's so many things God tells us to walk in. He tells us to walk in the Spirit. He tells us to walk in truth. He tells us to walk by faith. He tells us to walk in love. He tells us to walk in the light. He tells us to walk in wisdom. He tells us to walk worthy of the Lord. But right there in the Bible, it also tells me that I'm to walk in mine integrity. Psalm 41. Two more, we're done. Two more Psalms. Do you have integrity tonight? How's your character? That's why kids need to be woken up in the morning, learn how to get out of bed, make their bed, go to school, take tests without cheating, take out the trash, do chores without being told, help other people to learn integrity, not to learn, not to... To go through a process of being saved just to have good character. Man, we have it's, everything's bankrupt of character. 41, Psalm 41 9. Yea, mine own familiar friend, this is Psalm of David that actually is a prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ. Yea, mine own familiar friend, whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me and raise me up that I may requite them. By this I know that thou favorest me because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity and settest me before thy face forever. He said, Lord, even my friends after me. Of course, Absalom, was his own boy was after him. And David said, you know, Lord, you're upholding me in my integrity and you're going to take care of my enemies. You're going to triumph over them. I'll just trust you. I'll just wait on you. My integrity says I can keep going. Uh, Psalm 78. Psalm 78, verse 70. We're finished. The Bible says, He chose David, also his servant. Why? You know what I really think? I think God saw some character of a young man with some sheep. And God saw the heart of a young man out there in that field, looking up in the stars, loving God, singing to God, writing music for God, playing to God, worshiping God. When he was in obscurity, the least in his father's house. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with him. He's stuck on the back 40, looking, watching a bunch of animals, and nobody appreciates him, and he's just loving God, and he's just so glad and thankful that he belongs to God, and he's worshiping him, and he's developing good character. When it's cold, he's out there with those sheep. When the bear comes, he'll fight the bear. Who in, the, who in their right mind would give their life for a dumb little sheep? I tell you one thing, brother, if a lion came after my dog, that dog's dead. 
I'm not putting my hands in no lion's mouth to save a pet. No way. Now I'll go get my gun. But he ain't got no gun. He's out there. Here comes a lion. Let's go. It's my job to take care of these sheep. I can't go back and look at my father's face having one of these missing. You see the character? I will put my life in danger for one of these mangy little sheep because I've got integrity. God saw it in that, that young man. And he said, I chose David. He chose David also his servant and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the yoes, great with young. He brought him. Can you see that? Can you see, can you see a 14, 15-year-old boy? Uh, we had shepherds in Romania. I tell you what, bitter cold out there. And they'd have to stay out there all night long, as cold as it was. They'd have all these big shepherds, had all these huge, huge garments they'd wear to try to keep warm in the freezing cold. And here you got these yo's and they're, they're with young. I, I can see a teenager saying, yeah, I got to go deliver another lamb. That's a messy business. Instead of playing video games or having fun or dating all the girls in town. He's out there delivering lambs in the cold. He brought, verse 71, from following the yo's great with young, he brought him to feed Jacob his people. I, I, I use that guy to feed my people. And Israel his inheritance. Look at verse 72. 72. So he fed them. That's David, I believe, feeding God's people. He fed them as their shepherd, you see. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. I really believe this. David was a great leader. He was a great captain of an army. He was a great king. He was able to feed God's people. I mean, those men, those men would lay down his lot. They were so loyal to David. They'd charge hell with a squirt gun for David, brother. You know why? Because he was such a man of leadership and he fed people and helped people. You know why he could do that? This is what I want to say. To really minister to people, you have to have integrity. Fake people don't minister well to people. If it's just a job, if it's just a show, if it gets, just gets something out of, of this ministry... Doesn't make a good minister. A good minister, one that is a servant of God that can help other people, is someone that has integrity. And because they have integrity, they can help people, give them the food they need, give them the protection that they need, give them what God wants them to have because they have integrity. Now, are you a person of integrity? That's the question. 